Hoyt, I think I'm going to join a cult. <sighs> Said no one ever. Well, Shell, that's because no one ever sets out to join a cult. Usually it's in a very insidious indoctrination process. And you and I both know this personally because between the two of us, we have, what, 37, 37 years, years of time spent in two different destructive cults. And that's why we're so excited for a new podcast called... What, what the, the flock? flock? Where we're not only bringing on all sorts of different cult survivors to share their courageous stories, but also to unwind exactly how indoctrination happens in the first place. That's right, Shell, because worldwide there's over 10,000 active cults that they know about, and the stories are endless. But Hoyt, so are the people that want to stand up to this cultic activity. And right here, we're going to provide a safe platform for them to tell those stories. So please join me, Hoyt Richards. And me, Shell Rowland, streaming on every major podcast platform and our YouTube channel. And you'll probably find yourself saying, What the flock? Hello, welcome to another episode of What the Flock. And uh, thanks for joining us on what we're calling a casual Friday. We have wine. Hold on. That's right. I got to fill everybody up. I got I to gotta cover the label. Wine time. Okay, Bets. We have Betsy Chassie here, who I was so excited to have come in. Okay, Hoyt, slide it over here. I got a lot in there already. Well, you're getting more, honey. Okay. There you go. We're going to get... Shit face. <laughs> Talk about cults, baby. That's right. Wine Friday, Shit's but it's not real. Friday. It's Friday, yeah. <laughs> Even though it's not Friday. It's Friday in our world, because okay. this is our last taping of the day. They, they so celebrate they, with they us, people. They don't know. Play along. Play along. Okay, so I thought, as usual, I would start the episode out by reading our quote of the day. Okay. Those who do not have power over the story that dominates their lives, the power to retell it, rethink it, deconstruct it, joke about it, and change it as times change, truly are powerless because they cannot think new thoughts. And that's a quote by Salman Rushdie. And Betsy, this quote made me think of you. Oh, I like that you got the guy that was like the devil dude, and that was the episode that you chose to be his quote from me. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> because good. he's really not the devil. No, he's just, Right? Because he's portrayed as that. Yeah, that's true. Because he's outspoken. So was I. I was referred to as the mouthpiece of Satan, actually. Well, see, that's go. why I picked this quote, because he, he literally put his life on the line. He did. And so I just thought, you're so... Excuse the, the cheap phrase, but ballsy, mm. and Thank especially you. from woman to woman, single mom to single mom, I respect that. It inspires me. You so, know, Betty White said that actually forget the balls because those things are really like, they just are so, like, the, you touch them and they win. So we're really, <laughs> we're, we're, we have to come up with a better word than ovary because like ovaries right. are really strong and powerful. But yes, I got right. you. I see you, sister. You see me? <laughs> Yes, ovaries, life comes through those. Come on. We, and, and we I, make and, life. And I, and I can life. vouch the balls are very sensitive. <laughs> See? <Yes. laughs> yeah. Okay. Hence, hence the male gurus and their need for women, right? Yes. Around yes. them yes. all the time. It's because the balls are very Never sensitive. underestimate the fragility of the male ego. Exactly. Yeah. True. I didn't really mean to bash all men, but, <laughs> but some, you know, some. if the balls bash. fit. <laughs> Come on. There you go. So, 
I don't know how to segue out <laughs> from the ball. There is no segue. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's all good. It's good. Um, it's just illuminating why I was so excited to have you on and to have a really important conversation, but peppered with organic comedy because that's healing. Yeah. And it validates that we've all been through shit. Right. And now we're on the other side, free, strong, with big, beautiful butterfly wings, and we get to talk about it. We do. And retell that story. Well, yeah. Yes. I love it. So with that said, I have to ask you, because I've never been able to ask you this question. Of course, one of your, I don't want to say claim to fame, because you don't make that claim, but people recognize you from your amazing movie, 2004, correct? What the Bleep. And the full title is What the Bleep Do We Know Anyway? Is no, that what, what the Bleep Do We Know. That's it. That's it. But people yeah. call it What the Bleep. Or, uh, yep, exactly. Or Bleep, yep. Right. So when I was when we were talking through this episode, I thought, oh, well, our podcast is called What the Flock. Right. So here we are. Here we are. Here we are. So symbiotic. So I wanted to ask you, if you look back to that time in your life mm-hmm. and that um, whole production process... Did you have any idea that it would turn into its own sort of cult following, so to speak? No. 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 I, I personally didn't. You know, I hadn't really been exposed. I, I was the least spiritual person on the planet that got hired to make what became one of the most successful spiritual movies of all time. Like, I used to make softcore porn and B-movies. Like, the fact that Are I— Are you en- kidding me? No, I'm dead serious. Like, the fact <laughs> that I ended up making a movie about spirituality oh is God. just ridiculous in and of itself. Wow. Like, so, I, I, no, I didn't, I didn't expect it. You know, I knew that people— we're into spirituality. And here's a really fun fact that's not related to your question, but it's been on my mind a lot okay. today as I've been thinking about being on this show. Spill it. Facebook and What the Bleep launched on the very same day. Wow. Whoa. So just really yeah. think about the implications yeah. of that for a wow. second. Like two very divergent pathways. Mm. Right, mm. like <clears throat> one very of the earth, right. external, materialistic, commercial, capitalistic, mm. um, exploiting people, exploiting people, <laughs> and then the other, you know. I really do believe we had good intentions with the, what the bleep, you know? Yeah. And I look back now and I actually feel a, a lot of, I mean, you can ask, your, I don't know if she's your producer, whatever she, KT. KT. We, we talk about this a lot. Like I look back and go, man, I kind of opened a Pandora's box and yeah. it's just the whole mind, body, spirit world is just turned really ugly in a lot of ways. And I feel somewhat responsible for that. Not, I mean, I don't want to say sound arrogant, but bleep really is credited with uh, reawakening the new thought, new age movement. And it came in a time when it was commercialized. And, you know, right. we took a lot of heat for commercializing it by making mm-hmm. a movie, but we thought we were doing a really good thing. Mm-hmm. So I never really thought, like, I didn't, I don't think I really understood the implications of what we were doing. But now as I look back, I sometimes wonder, like, wow, you know, look what that birthed. You know, well, how, how, did, how, did, how did you come to the project? You said that you weren't doing that type of work. How did so, it? I, I used to, Will and Mark, so the f- film has three dudes and a girl. I'm the vagina between the two cocks. Right, um, okay. And th- so I had worked with Mark. Mark had shot Playboy with me. Um, right. And uh, Okay, back up for a second. Mark Vicente. Yes. He, he, he was a DP. Okay. And he w- and Will went to the Rampatha School of Enlightenment. 
And they had, oh. I guess, been tooling around for about a year trying to make a movie called Sacred Science, which was the worst movie ever written of all time. <laughs> and they were messing around with this movie. And I had actually quit Hollywood. I had started a company making gourmet dog treats. I was that set up with like, you know, right. making softcore porn and shit like that. So Mark calls me one day. He's like, I'm trying to make this movie. I want to talk to you about this movie. And I kind of had the hots for Mark Vicente. So I thought, this is it. I'm finally going to bang Mark Vicente. <laughs> and so he comes to my house and he like, the thing that's funny about this is we, you guys talk about Nexium and right. how the, the, the ability to recruit and mm-hmm. sell. Right. And so Mark came to my house and it was kind of my little dark night of the soul. My company wasn't doing so great. Mm. I was breaking up with the boyfriend. Like it was, it was a tough time for me. I was, right. um, 31, I'm young, you know, I'm lost in the world. I really right. was very lost. And he comes at my house and he talks to me about how your thoughts affect your reality and quantum physics and spirituality and all these things that, quite frankly, I didn't give a rat's ass about. I was just like, who's going to pay my rent next month? Like, <laughs> right. that's really what I right. want to know. So he leaves behind this script for this movie called Sacred Science. And they were going to use video clips of speakers that had come to the Romp the School of Enlightenment. They they had permission to use those videos, and they were going to interweave those videos with the host. Like, it was so bad. And then some weird animation stuff. Um, but in the in the script, there was an excerpt from a talk that Candace Pert had done. And I got to tell you, like... I can I will talk about my the whole the cult experience and all that stuff but for me like what I do a lot now and what I've always done and I think one of the reasons why I got through a lot of that really well was because I always found the beauty and the gifts mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. one of the greatest gifts I was ever given was this speech by Candace Pert where she says you know she talked about how you become addicted to your emotions how we have peptides mm-hmm. and how the chemicals in our body drive our drive our decisions yes. and I was like that wow. was a big aha moment yes. for me. So that's, I just, you know, I had two options. I could do sacred, what was called sacred science, or I could go to Puerto Vallarta, or Rico, I can't remember what's a Porta, and um, <laughs> do some softcore porn movie where two guys and a woman get stranded on an island and they, you know, have all sorts of crazy sex. And I was like, you know, I think I'll do the crazy cult movie. And there you go. Oh. Wow. That's how I ended up on it. And then we changed the whole movie. Like, I changed the whole movie with Will, and it was a whole big thing. But I don't think we... It was a journey for sure, but I don't. I think we knew it was going to be cool, right? But I don't think we understood. Okay, so wait. So you knew from the Ramtha School of Enlightenment that happened before or after what the. Bleep. So what happened is they brought me up to Washington, and it's funny that we're all drinking wine because basically I got fl- flown up to Washington. Dropped into the Rompa School of Enlightenment, like put into the cool kids seating and said, we're going to do a wine ceremony, which essentially means everybody just gets shit face drunk right. <laughs> in the name of dropping the veil okay. so that we can all be more open to right. the, your inhibitions, to, right. to the guru coming out and slurring and talking about and then doing all sorts of crazy shit. And everyone's so drunk that nobody has any recollection of what the <laughs> hell happened. So we wake up going, we must have had something amazing happen, right? Because right. how could we not have? Um, and so, yeah, they were they were students. A lot of people will say that Ramtha or Jay-Z Knight funded the bleep. That's not true. It was fully funded by Will Arntz. Ramtha School of Enlightenment mm. had nothing legally to do with right. the movie other than Mark and Will were students at the school. Got right. it. Okay, got it. So they brought me up there 
And then they put me in a, uh, what they call a beginner's retreat. Okay. Which was like any beginner retreat. You know, you go and you do some weird, sh- like, for, I mean, there's like, I, I mean, technically speaking, I'm not allowed to tell you what we do, but I can tell you what we do because, you know, Jay-Z can sue me all she wants. But <laughs> at this point, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so... <laughs> They do all sorts of weird things. And it was cool. Like, you do blindfolded techniques. You do breathing techniques. You learn mm. all the stuff. Like, really, a lot of the stuff that we talk about in the belief. Like, the, the real mm. stuff. So, that's what you knew at the beginning of the retreat. And it it was cool. I was there. I was like, oh, that's mm. really fascinating. Thank you. You know? Right. But with the problem, I think, with a lot of these cults, and especially with the Ramtha school, is, you know, you go back and you go back and there's people that move into the town and it becomes their whole obsession and they can't do anything else. And... That's when you right. lose your mind. But the the core teachings I thought were pretty interesting. Right, right. So yeah. it wasn't the teachings in it of itself. No, I in Ramtha <laughs> school. I mean, they're all crazy QAnon people now. Like, really, they're in, in Ramtha. Yeah, at the Ramtha School of Enlightenment up in Washington, they're what? all complete QAnon people. Oh yeah, it's insane. They have ginormous cues on the front of the school and all this stuff. Yeah, so they're I, basically cults. Merging. Yeah, well, cults are merging now, especially with the QAnon phenomenon. The interesting thing that I observed. So when I was and when I was there, so I I was there. I went to retreats, but I then I got really busy making the movie, and I always, you know, I've always had a skeptic skeptical sense right. of like. You know, and I'm a, like an avid reader. Like a, I read all the time. You research. And so when I started going to do the bleep, because I didn't know fuck all about any of this, I started reading everything that I could. And when I would go to the retreats, I would hear Ramtha, Jay Z. Mm talking about saying stuff that I was like, oh, I just read that in that book. But then mm-hmm. Jay-Z would say, Ramtha, or Ramtha would say, you're this is the only place you're ever going to hear this. And I was like, well, <laughs> no, because I just read it. in, And I was reading, one of the right. things I thought was interesting is I started reading like really obscure books. And one of the places that I found a lot of repetition between like Ramtha and other people was this really old books written in the 40s by this woman named Vera Stanley Alder. Mm. And I would literally sit there and listen to Ramtha give a teaching, and it was almost verbatim lifted from these old, obscure books. plagiarizing. Right, totally. And I'd go like, yeah, I I read a book, and people would glare at me like, how dare I say anything, right? The gall of it all. But then I kind of got busy making the movie, and the truth is, I didn't really care so much about the call, the Ramtha school, but it was still, I got to tell you, you're special. All of a sudden we were special. We got to sit yes. in the cool kids club, yes. we sit in the front. And you know, it's interesting in any group, we're all in a cult. You know, your school, your kids' elementary school is a cult. There's a hierarchy. There's the cool teacher. You know, yes. we constantly as humans build Cultic these, relationships everywhere. We build these systems, yes. right? And there has to be levels. Oh, and Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like that, but I wasn't very good at being a, um, a uh, a cult member, and eventually Mark, Will, and I were kicked out of the cult. After Be- after how long? Well, after the movie came out, what really happened is Joe Dispenza did a thing in the movie called "Create Your Day," mm-hmm. right, which became right. one of the most popular things. Now, that legitimately is a a discipline we call it, they call them disciplines that we learned at the Rompla School of Enlightenment. Oh wow! Uh, so. He's the one who said it in the movie. And 
Joe and Ramtha, Jay-Z, started to get really pissed because Joe started to get really famous Uh. because of that. Okay. And then there was a lot of pressure on the filmmakers to go out and say, well, everything in this movie we learned from Ramtha. And I was like, I'm not fucking saying that because it's not true. Like, you know, Ramtha's in the movie. We didn't hide that Ramtha was in the movie. And I I stood by putting Ramtha in the movie. And I took a lot of heat for Ramtha being in the movie. But I'm not going to now all of a sudden run around saying this entire movie is because of Ramtha. And it's all Jay-Z night and Ramtha, Ramtha. I'm not doing it. And so, and then on top of that, there was just lots of stuff going on in that place that just I just didn't like. And so I was just ready to be out anyway. And so Ramtha used to come out and say, is Judas here? And I was Judas. (laughs) And because I was just a, you know, I was not a very good cult member. And then one night just eviscerated Mark and kicked him out. And I was like, I'm leaving because I think I'm going to be next. (laughs) So apparently I left and then she started to go off on me for a couple minutes but realized I'd already walked out of the room and didn't give a shit. So she didn't, you know, she was like... And that was the last time? That was the last time I was there. And then I stayed in the town for a little while but it's not fun to be Mm. living... It was Yelm, Washington. And if you don't... If you're not... Oh, you were living there? Oh, I've been in Yelm. I'm from Puyallup, Washington. Yeah, so I lived in the town like the whole nine I bought the the house above water, had the underground, the whole friggin' nine yards. Really? So... So what was the, how long was that whole journey from the time you first? So I we got I got there in September. Actually, I got hired to make the bleep on September 11th, 2001. No kidding. He called. Mark Will called me. We were we had been talking, and when that wow. whole thing happened, he wow. called me and said, "Okay, I'm making this movie right now." Right. So I got up there like a month later, and so it was a 2001, and it came out in 2000 February of 2004, and then I left. I left Yelm officially in 2010. Oh, okay. So, right. wow, so six years. No, I was there no. for 10 years. Oh, yeah, so for 10, 10 years. Yeah. yeah, one to 10, yeah. yeah. And I was wow. out of the school for, I think, for two or three. So, my husband was in it for a little while while I was out of okay. it. And I had a really great excuse. So, I had a baby. And so, I kind of backed away a lot. And then the whole thing went down with the whole Judas stuff. And I just, you know, I, I think that I had made enough of connections and friends that I was still okay for the most part. A lot of people stopped talking to me for a while, but I didn't care. Like, I think that was the thing for me. Like, I'm like, whatever, like you're all yeah. nuts. Right. You know, go live in your hovel and your underground. I mean, people would move to this town with nothing from all over the world, bring their children and live in tents and I remember there's a, there was a school. And go there for the teaching? And he takes spend all their yeah. money going to these retreats. And then I would raise money with other moms and feed their children and wow. give their children clothing. And they wouldn't even have a house. They'd live in tents. Wow. Just so they could go to the ranch. When, I forget how much the retreats were, but this was not an uncommon thing. Wow. And it, you know, I just became really involved in that way, like trying to support these people that would come to this place and just be broke and they would have children and you know that's what really surprised me made saddened me the most is right. like it was and there was nothing said about that there was never like hey maybe you shouldn't we there was a joke we used to say what do you call a rich romp the student a newbie right yeah <laughs> right no sure right sure right 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 well, you know one of the things we talk about in, in that process that, that often gets overlooked is because inherent in every cult story is bad shit happens and eventually you leave. But it's also like in 10 years, there's got to be reasons why you stay because there's always some positives. So it's nice to kind of offset that because yeah. otherwise we all sound like lunatics. Like, why'd you stay there? Right. So it's important to kind of say, what were the things that, that really 
you liked about it and, and you you kind of found well, there was it, yeah. community right. like we're all mm-hmm. looking for community right. and when i got there and made the bleep um <clears throat> First of all, you know, I, I built a community. Then when, right. literally as the bleep was opening in theaters, I had my first baby. Wow. And, um, you know, I there was moms that... And by then, I was indoctrinated into mm. this, the spiritual path. Right. Yes. Right? I was very intrigued and on it. Right. Um, and it took me a long t- time to... To go from, I'm not going to lie, like, after The Bleep came out, one of the things that baffled me the most was, like, I opened for Deepak. Wow. Like, See, I didn't as, know that. Like, as some sort of, I'm now all of a sudden I'm some sort of extra expert on, like, creating my reality and spirituality because I made a fucking movie about it, right? Like, that's the one thing. Like, I look at the New Age New Thought movie and I'm like, these people are not very discerning. Mm-hmm. They'll right. take anybody. Right, right, much, right. right? Mm-hmm. So here, and I would go out on stage and say, oh, I used to make porn. And like, they would just be like, oh, she's so enlightened now. I'm like, no, it's just that this pay is the same. Right, and, yeah. you know. But it's just interesting, like, so that. but I did have community there. Yeah. And like I said, a lot of what I learned there, mm. I think, was very valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can learn it uh, lots of other ways and places. I don't like it when I start hearing someone say, you're only going to hear this from me. Or I'm, right. you know, yeah. I, like, you know, I'm the only one that's going to ever teach you this. And it's sort of like, that's when I go, no, that's not true. Right. And, but what happens in these cults is it, it's it's like... Up in Rompf School, I don't know about your cults, but in my cults, like MLMs were like all the rage. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a big thing. And and then it becomes predatory. And then you've got people mm-hmm. that that take advantage of the new people. And yeah. It, 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 it's and, a feeding frenzy almost. Yeah. And I almost think that that's just part of human nature and how these groups exist. I don't think you're ever going to look at one of these groups and find two different of those kinds of realities, you know? No, yeah. they're, they're very similar. You know, and, and, and the point you made earlier really resonates with me in the sense that um, if we're just having a normal conversation and, and I happen to say something that you're like, oh, that's, that's really interesting. I never thought of it like that. Like you have some form of an epiphany. Uh, and then I would be like, well, Betsy, you know, you, you know, I, I took this course where I learned that, or I read it in this book. Or I would, I would almost unconsciously let you know that this is knowledge that's available to everyone. Right. But if if you've got a controlling personality, they'll be like, "Well, I'm I'm glad you understand that, Betsy. And if you have any more yeah. questions for you, you know, I'm here for you. I want you, I want you to learn. <laughs> right. And you think, oh, great, I've got this someone who's going to give me the answers. Like that's but, the only avenue to right. the answers. But yeah. that's well, that same. It's a very subtle thing that's done. But you know, and and, we're, and unconsciously we're drawn to like, oh, this person's helped me out. But they're actually manipulating you. But it was interesting because these people were around when the pure early days, mm-hmm. when it wasn't five thousand dollars or fifteen. Like when I was leaving, Ramtha was selling privates for like twenty five to forty thousand dollars. Like wow, yeah, it was crazy. People would pay like, I mean, this is what I mean. People that didn't have twenty five thousand dollars would sell their homes and to have the private with Ramtha. So was, what would happen in a private? You just go there and Ramtha would, you all get drunk and maybe Ramtha would say something to you. I mean, at, it, it was like some sort of inspiration of some yeah. sort or and, epiphany and, or, and, or and, that's, and that's what you're paying 25 grand for. Yeah. To wow. sit with the channel. That's really it. Is that why some of the people would move there and just live in a tent? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, but it, what I learned from reading this book, which really resonated with me is truth is like just with anything, like I can say for myself, when the bleep came out and I'm making 
ridiculous amounts of money as a keynote speaker or a speaker to open for Deepak to talk about how I understand the the nature of reality. I got to tell you, that Mm. was kind of fun. Yeah. I kind of dug that. (laughs) You feel you were being like... And f- giving an informed talk, or were you BSing? I don't know. I was giving yeah. an. Inf- I felt yeah. like yeah. I was giving informed information yeah. for sure. But and I was always very honest and authentic in my right. talks. So I always said like, I don't know why you people are listening to me at all. Like I, I was <laughs> right, very. Right. They didn't know. I, I don't. You I owned could, it. Yeah. Well, I didn't know where else to come from. Like right. yeah. I'm now an expert in quantum <laughs> physics. It's like, whatever. Right. I mean, I, but with even with that, like mm. I enjoyed it. And I certainly didn't say no right. to the nice paycheck. Sure. It didn't mm. come until a little later when I started to go, I feel really inauthentic now doing this. Mm. Like I started to feel like um, maybe I should, I got divorced, my whole world blew up. And right. of course it does, right? Yes, it you does. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we know, don't we? We, we know. And so... It was at that moment I wrote a book called Tipping Sacred Cows where I wrote all about how I just had to really deconstruct everything I oh. thought I knew about spirituality. And and that's a very common journey for people that get into what exploring spirituality. Right. First you get in, you learn one thing and now you're you're like you're an expert. I know everything. Yeah. 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 And then you got to then it takes a while and then, you know, spirit just kicks you on your ass and life says, happens. Oh yeah, you yeah. think? Yeah. Boom, yeah. sister, and then you get down to the real yeah. juicy part of the journey. So yeah. I think we all go through that, but I'm not going to lie. It was super fun to get paid ridiculous amounts of money and flown sure. all over the world. No, I and, get it. But uh, what point hmm. kind of after you left, did you start thinking that you would even use that word cult or, or that's what you experienced? Oh, I always used cult from the day I was there. <laughs> I oh, never really? Oh, oh, yeah, I totally. No I mean, kidding. This is cl- so before this- <laughs> That's really interesting. So, <laughs> I- was brought So you were like, fr- this is a good cult. No, I just, you know, I don't just, like, I tend to not be so black and white about right. what is good and bad. Right. Mm. In, I just, Which is good. I think I, that's, that's a I totally, safe yeah, place right, to be. Yeah. 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 So my dad, when I was a little kid, gave me the art of war when I was eight years old. Right. And when I was a little kid, my father was, um, he did a lot of crazy jobs, but he was a musical director for like eight different churches. So he we would do like a synagogue, a Catholic church, a Baptist church, a Methodist church, a Greek Orthodox church. Mm-hmm. And so my father would take me around to all these different churches and I'd go with him like from Friday to right. Sunday. And I would always say like, dad, like, what is up with all these different churches and all these different people? He's like, well... Everybody wants to feel like they have the right path, and and then certain people gravitate towards that path. They're really all saying the same thing, but nobody really wants to admit that. Right. So that's kind of like how I was brought into right. it. It's like, they're all kind of cults. And so for me, I even at the beginning of, oh, we're doing a cult thing now. It's like, okay. But before that, I used to, did you guys ever hear of the Landmark Forum? Oh, of course. Oh, I, that, I went. That, that's a, that's Got a, it. That's from Est. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. I, I, I'm proud of myself. It's after I'd left my cult, so halfway through, I walked out. Oh, good. And they yelled at me on the way out and yelled all sorts of things at I'll me. I'll bet you they did. Yeah, they so sure the did. same thing. They literally, my sister got me into it through our, she, she was working for a company and then she took me, I was like 19. And they they came into the company that we were working for and they did their management seminar. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is amazing. I just really organically fell into it. So the leader of that was like, 
you're going to be a star. I'm going to sponsor you. And he let me do a bunch of the, I got all the way up to like the wisdom thingies. Wow. And he, I mean, and they were like, you're going to be a teacher. You're going to do this. And again, my sister left and I was literally in the call room. Remember how they used to call you and say, try to convince you to yes. do the retreats, right? Yes. I was one of those people for like, and then, but I was always really nice about it. the person would go, no, thank you. I'd go, okay, bye. And then the, the guy would come up, be like, you got to sell them hard. You're going to help them. These people need you. You're, you're their salvation. Like it was really this big yeah. thing. And I was sort of like, well, but I'm just not going to be mean about it. And then they started harassing my sister. And my sister actually had to change her phone number and move. And again, I don't know what it is, but I knew at that moment, I'm like, I'm not going to harass people if they don't want to do the retreat. Like, Right. Yeah. That's what, So I left that. So I left when I was like 20, um, 20 21 years old. I, I sort of walked away. Same thing. They were like kind of scientology s, but not as bad, but still just like, right. oh, you're going to ruin your life. You were That guy that was the... The one that saw me in the management retreat was like, I had high hopes for you. You've really disappointed me. Yes. You know, the whole thing. I mean, he never tried to sleep with me or anything, right. but you know. Guilt, 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 yeah. guilt. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, you can't guilt me. Maybe I don't have enough shame. I don't know what I did, <laughs> but I was just like, no, I'm done. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? yeah. So, but yeah, I've always called it a cult. No, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's one of these things I think that is hard to define. Um, mm. but, but yeah, the term I like to use is, um, cultic relationship mm. and I look at it kind of as a mm-hmm. spectrum and, mm-hmm. and I would put at one spectrum, the one-on-one cultic relationship, which mm-hmm. is any person that whether usually unconsciously or consciously, but normally unconsciously, you have kind of given them a position of power and you're in essence seeking their approval and love. Right. And because of that power dynamic, they're now controlling and possibly abusing you. So that yeah. that would be the cultic dynamic. That's and then, true. And then a cult, obviously, you you bring in the peer pressure group element, mm-hmm. and then the stakes often get a lot higher because right. it's not just one person. Like in our my group, it was a doomsday cult, so the end of the world. Like it's like dialing the whole thing up on steroids. Right. So so it really we had that whole thing too. The right. end of the world, the, so, the, the food right. storage so, and all so, that crazy stuff. So mm-hmm. guns. Anytime you've got that sort of kind of power dynamic and and abuse going on, I have an issue with it so so it's true but let me ask you this question because i've been thinking a lot about this i'm i'm going to be doing a documentary about some of this in a different form i can't Mm. say too much about it but i've been really contemplating this because you know i was talking to this random guy who was out at a dinner party and this older gentleman sitting across from me and like we are we were clearly on opposite ends of the political spectrum (laughs) right but we were having a very calm Mm -hmm. intelligent civil conversation and other people at the table were kind of getting aggressive with each other right and all of a sudden everybody else got quiet and listened to this he and i had this conversation and he said to me at one point he goes you know I don't think you're progressive. I said, oh, I'm so progressive, the progressive hate me. He goes, no, but the, <laughs> he goes, the problem with progressives is they come off as victims, and you don't, you're not a victim. Mm. And I'm like, no, I'm not a victim to anything that happened to me. And, and I can say horrible things that have happened to me. But I think what, I wanna, what I'm looking at now is mm. everything, every, we can find cult relationships. Cult, what did you call cult, it? Cultic relationships. Cultic relationships. Yeah. Everywhere. Absolutely. In in teachers and students, in Mm. schools, in work, in every element. Dating relationships. Everything. So 
this dynamic that we're talking about in terms of getting into a cult or why do people get into cults, to me, I think is a bigger picture of like, how do we shift people's mindsets and worldview to a place where they are not victimized by this reality anymore? Mm -hmm. Because once you decide that whatever it is that has occurred in your life, either from childhood or wherever, or even a past lives or even epigenetically, when you can say, okay, I'm no longer going to allow that to dictate how I walk and or step into my future, then we're not victims anymore. Right. Then we don't get into these kinds of relationships mm-hmm. that you're talking about yeah. anymore. We just, we, we're very clear. We're like, no, I'm out. Right. And luckily for me, somehow or another, I was given those tools by my dad very early in life. He Maybe because he was, you know, my dad was one of 14 children, all of which except for him because of my heathen mother were in the Catholic church. They were either priests <laughs> or nuns and right. my father was not. So maybe he understood that cultic relationship mm. already or that in religion. But yeah. that's where I'm interested in seeing people. It's like what, because we can find this behavior in everything. Yeah, I mean, yes. I, I think like, we have a almost DNA encoded predisposition to follow. Absolutely, you know. So well, we're tribal. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of safety in numbers. You know, we're yeah, we're very very um, social creatures. We you know we we we're drawn to um, go go along with the pack. So the you know mm-hmm. line of least resistance. So mm-hmm. I think to become independent in your own life, or or to become a leader in your own life, you have to first. How on some level, accept that it's your pre-wiring to kind of follow and you have to first accept that that's well, what you're having to overcome in some level, right? Exactly. You're pre, it's pre-wiring. Yeah. So we're all, like, think of our brains yeah. as a computer. And the other thing that's trippy about this is everything around us, all of the symbolism, like even shell gasoline or, like, you find crosses mm. every time you logos for businesses they're all designed to trigger that res- follow response mm-hmm. correct that is how come like some of these bigger companies mm-hmm. why they choose the apple right. like people think it's just oh look how cute they choose an apple no they chose an apple because it represents friggin adam and eve there's mm-hmm. a whole like i mean yes. and i'm not even being conspiracy weird no, about it like no. you just you I, i've done it's, enough brand yeah. study how how yes. brands are created Right. Why colors are chosen? Right. Why certain sounds? So there's and, an emotional response to right. Them. Everything yes. is, and so yeah. our brains are constantly being unconsciously triggered to follow. Yeah. Right. That's, right. And so the only way to get out of it is to really become aware of, like, oh, when I see the shell symbol, what does that? What does that really mean? Well, where does that come? That's why I'm always fascinated by like the history of words, right. or the history of language, or the history of sh- these icons, mm-hmm. these Arch- they, archetypes. Yeah, where, where does this icon come from? Mm-hmm. The shell is a very ancient Christian uh, icon, icon, iconography, icon, whatever it is, iconography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. thing. <laughs> um, so it's actually a subconscious trigger. To be subservient. Mm. Mm. It's a trip. Like, if you really think about some of this stuff. So, when we start as humans to go, I need to rise above that stuff, that's when we don't get into those relationships. So, what you're saying, once you recognize that those triggers are there, or those messages are embedded, then you can start to notice them quicker and just look above it yeah see and, what's happening and, and you start to see we love the, the words red flags you start to see them right i have a really close friend right now she's a beautiful girl she um had a very horrible situation at a plant medicine retreat 
At a what? A plant medicine retreat. I, I plant was medicine yeah. retreat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it it was horrifying. And she's like, I keep getting into these relationships with these men. This keeps happening to me. What's wrong with me? I'm a victim. Because that's one of the perpetuating things that the world keeps trying to tell you is you're broken, you're broken, you're broken. So we're always looking to get fixed. And I finally said to her, I said, well, when you decide you're not broken and when you decide to just become aware of the red flags and act on them, then it won't happen anymore. Right. And that's kind of our, it's mm. the idea of taking our power back again. Yes. And really, really seeing that. And otherwise, we're going to just keep repeating it. Right. Well, well and, and I would love to hear like your process to getting there from your experiences where like, like they, obviously they fed you on that path to kind of come to that awareness. So how well, would you, how would you lay it out? Like, I think that it's, it's the idea of, of um, slowing down and listening mm-hmm. You know, funny enough, one of the ways, how I learned about the symbolism, the symbolism and how it mm-hmm. triggers us subconsciously is at the Rompel School of Enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Like, so again, like, I think a lot of these, now, not all of them, there's some people just whack-a-doodle, cra- right. you know, sure. I, yeah. I can't really, you know, but, you know, like, there was recently this woman that died of colloidal silver poisoning. I forget which cult. Do you remember which cult she was in, KT? Remember that cult? Remember we talked about that? I think I read about it. Yeah, so she died. I don't know what she fully died of, but colloidal silver, right? So colloidal silver is like the big thing right now, right? There's Colloidal silver can actually be very beneficial, right? Mm -hmm. In small doses. In small doses, actually prescribed by a medical doctor. (laughs) Like like probably don't want to get it from a guy named Joe Mm -hmm. and, you know, something like that, right? It helps with viruses. It helps with all sorts of things. Yeah, so it's like... There's some wisdom in that, right? Yes. And what happens is we get we go to these places and we get this little nugget of wisdom. And we're so desperate because we're told we're so broken that we take that little small kernel mm. and we blow it up into a mountain. And all of a sudden it goes from, hey, you know, you might want to look at colloidal silver and consult with your doctor about how it might be beneficial to you to like, now there's a multi-level selling colloidal silver. Mm. And it just, we take everything to these like, crazy extreme right. yes yeah so for me the thing to start with is to just slow down and just go well ask myself questions well okay why am i feeling the way that i'm feeling why am i having this response like if you have a if you're meeting somebody and you feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. don't discard that just say well what is it that i'm feeling comfortable what did he say well or what did she say mm-hmm. what was the exact words they said and how did that make me feel or was i feeling manipulated or what was their motivation i just kind of have those conversations with myself now before i sign on the dotted line right you know so well and it sounds like your natural set point of who you are even going into the romtha school was somewhat I don't want to say rare but you like you said you were probably predispositioned to be able to transition out of it maybe easier than someone I, else I mean probably I would say yes and so that's the dance again I was going back to mm. like at what point do this is how I'm looking at this in my own life at what point am I going to start taking radical personal responsibility for my life mm. okay so what the bleep do we know the main premise of that movie is you create your own reality. Mm-hmm. So we're going to circle it all the okay. way around right now. Yeah. If you think about that sentence, I create my own reality, <clears throat> then I have to start taking radical responsibility for my reality. Right. Which means I can look at that person and go, they're a bad person because they manipulated me. And I can go, what can I learn from that mm-hmm. so that the next time I meet that person, 
because I will meet another person. What what red flags? Mm-hmm. What yeah. information can I glean from that so that doesn't happen to me again? Right. And and then I'm not going to take the experience of what happened and victimize myself by it. I'm going to take my take it and empower myself. And that's what I talk to like my daughter and her friends and any women I meet that has I say, "Okay, yes, you had a trauma." And we're big right now. I'm not going to make any friends right now. We're big in this whole, "Oh, yes, let me honor your trauma." I want to honor your trauma, but mm-hmm. you know what? At some point, you're either you have to either walk forward, yeah, mm-hmm. and say, "What did I learn?" Because I look at this planet, of this place as the plane of experience. Yeah. This is like the teaching channel, right? Yeah. We're here to like learn some shit so we can go to another level and then we take all this wisdom. So that's kind of, I mean, that's right. just how I look at everything, which right. is why I was a, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a whole Facebook pages and groups about, you know, Ramtha school and this happened to me and this happened. And I don't doubt it for one second. Not for one second. I saw things that went on there that horrified me. And I spoke up and I said things to people. I was like, that mm-hmm. is not cool. No, no, no. Right. But at the end of the day, my I can acknowledge my trauma mm-hmm. and then I can go, cool, what's the lesson? And now right. it like doesn't define you. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, and we've talked about that probably mm-hmm. on every episode where there is a beauty of looking in the face of the trauma and going, this really happened to me. Yeah. You know, there's that acknowledgement that needs to happen. But now what do I do? What do you do with it? Right. What do you do with it? You can't just wallow in it, live in it, because then it's a coffin. I look at it as a cocoon yeah. and not a coffin. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this great quote. It's by Jack Kerouac, and it's my life's motto. It says, be in love with your life, every detail of it. Mm. Yeah. And... I was getting divorced, was completely broke, practically homeless with two small children. Um, And I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And I heard that quote and I thought, that's going to become my practice. Mm. Because if I can be in love with even the most darkest moments of my life, then I can be happy all the time. All the time. And so that's how I exist now. Right. And I I honestly don't think I could have learned how to do that. My little training ground happened to be the Rumpf School of Enlightenment. You know? And so I can look at the dark side of that and go, yeah, there's some fucked up shit going on there. And it's even worse now, which I will say. I mean, it's worse. But I took some smart wisdom and... Got out. It's yeah. cherry picking. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, you it, cherry pick. It, you you start to perceive it all as uh, there's method to the madness, right? Yeah. Like there's an opportunity to learn. There's an opportunity to grow. Opportunity to face, like you say, your shadow, like the way Young would have called it. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think all of that's a gift. And so that we're. I agree with you. It's a. This is a, a school, and right. we're given different experiences. And ultimately, you have to. I love what Einstein said. He said the most important decision we'll make is whether you believe the universe is friendly or hostile. Right. And mm-hmm. if you believe in a friendly universe, then it's all ultimately to serve you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a way to. Yeah. I had another friend of mine who said uh, the key to life is uh, just flip the tortilla. I go, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, and he goes, he goes, look at this. You think it's bad? Look at it now. It's good. <laughs> right. So you can do that with anything. You can always find the silver lining, but you have to look it. for it. You know, you can look and for the lesson learned. Yeah, it's yes, really it hard to do. Well, it's a choice. I yeah. think it's a choice, but it's a practice for most people because well, we're not, especially now, younger people are not being taught very well 
Mm. You know, we have a lot of mental health issues. The world is a really fucking weird ass place right now. Right now, and um, but we have to teach resilience is the greatest tool humans have. Yeah, is resilience, and we have to. That is a muscle. And mm-hmm. we have to continually exercise because if we don't exercise it, we just keep perpetuating yeah. the same stories. Like, you know, I don't know how many um, Netflix series are going to come out about bad gurus who raped women, but pretty much every one of them has. So there's no shock there. Right. You know, yeah. I, we right. all know it. Shocker. We, <laughs> I'm not going to name names, because, but I can tell you. Yeah. It, I mean, it's true. I, I, and And... It's it's this dynamic that has played out since the beginning of time, and the right. only way it's going to end, it's not reconciliation, it's not accountability. I mean, it is those things as a piece of it, mm-hmm. but it's also a willingness for each party to stand in their own. What's going to take changing this system or this whole idea of cults and these things happening, in my personal, humble, nobody asked me opinion, <laughs> is when we start standing in our personal power. Mm-hmm. Yes. And more and more people just start standing in their personal power, yep. the less likely a John of God will ever happen again. Right. right. Yeah. And and I think it, right. start, it starts with owning your story and sharing it. Yeah. Because ultimately, like we were saying earlier, we're all survivors. And I think almost encoded in surviving is the duty to share the story because why else did you go through it? Right. You know, it's like, you don't keep those things to yourself. You kind of, Mm -hmm. and I certainly know I've had days where I thought, I was down and then I might hear someone's story of what they've gone through. I'm like, well, God, at least I didn't go through that. You know, and, and but those are really powerful stories mm-hmm. to hear. To be constantly reminded, like, people have to deal with a lot of heavy shit and but still survive. Yeah. And so uh yeah, sometimes it isn't it's you know, that's necessary and helpful to realize, okay. I, I love the uh I can't remember there's some proverb I've said that if you if you went out to uh, a banquet and you saw all the world's problems put on the banquet of what everyone else is to deal with. You'd go like, you know what? I think I'll stick with mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know? yeah. And, right. and I think that's really true. We're all given the exact recipe for us to yeah. grow and learn and, 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 you know, flourish. But that's our purpose. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's our, everyone's looking for their meaning and purpose in life. And I think your purpose is to be present in the life that's unfolding in front of you or with it out out here and to to play it with the best tools that you have in the mm-hmm. moment so you can either go wow I got the great I got a great tool or wow I need a better tool yeah mm-hmm. exactly and that's the thing that's interesting to me about why people end up in cults you know like everyone since the whole vow came out right everyone the vow. I've been b- bombarded yeah. with press and media wanting to talk about Mark Vicente and it's like you know, he he said in the movie that uh, he didn't want to be in a cult. He'd never been in a cult. It's like, well, okay, you were in the wrong with the cult, so yeah. let's just be real about that. Right. I personally didn't buy any second of The Vow. I thought it was a let me cover my ass so nobody here gets sued mm-hmm. documentary series from HBO. That's my personal opinion. But, you know, I think that people would ask me, well, you know, just what do you think of Mark? And I thought, you know, it's when I met Mark, I thought, you know, this is a guy who has been raised in a society that told him he was special, like mommies were supposed to tell our boys, right? And that he's supposed to be, um, this is a common theme with men. You know, it's funny how women always want to get really pissed at the men for being that way. But then I think, well, we all raised him. Mm. You know, they're just acting out. 
mm-hmm. in a in a in a paradigm that supports them. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, I can get a, very it's, ang- a, it's a coping mechanism. Yeah, right. I, I can get very angry at the individual and have a lot of blame and shame and oh right. they're this guy or they're that guy. But at the end of the day, I step back and I go, well, there. I keep saying the same. There, by the grace of God, go I. Somehow mm-hmm. or another, I'm not a cult leader right now, which is I guess cool. Um, <laughs> and you know, but w- the question I look at when I look at these Keith Rainier situations and all these people is. Wait, didn't Nancy try to recruit you? She Nancy did. Saltzman? She did. She came to, she came, I went to the, they had a big dinner party and Nancy came and I think Barbara came, but I can't remember. I know Barbara, but I, I can't remember if she came to the dinner or with somebody else. Anyway, they had this big dinner party and they just went on and on and on and Mark was in hook, line and sinker and Will was kind of interested and my husband was super down and they all, my husband's like, let's go. And I'm like, nah. This is a cult. <laughs> I was like, this is, that's definitely it. When you walk up and tell me the guy's a genius, like instant, the first words out of your mouth are, he's a genius. I'm like, nope, that's a cult. <laughs> nope, sorry. So uh, we didn't go. I refused. Yeah. I said, no, I won't go. Right. And and Will went, I think, once or twice, and he came back and was like, it's a little weird. And then um, a, a, several of my friends got lost in there. It's almost an addiction, too. You realize it's like we talked about Candace mm. Purse. You get addicted to things, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know. Well, people will sometimes choose to feel something versus nothing. Yeah. So you can get addicted to drama. You can get addicted to all those things because yeah. it makes you feel alive. Yeah. Versus well, nothing. Yeah. And I can understand some of the younger people that caught, caught up like in Nexium or even landmark, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can, I have a lot more forgiveness for myself as a 19 year old getting caught up in a little while for the landmark because I was young, mm-hmm. but there, I somehow or another was raised with the notion that, you know what, ultimately what you do in your life is you're responsible for. Mm-hmm. So I was able to go, Oh wait, this is push. I, like I was raised with very strong ethics and values. Like, what are my personal ethics and what are my personal values? And I was always taught, if you, my dad always said, if you take action outside of your personal ethics or values, you're not going to feel good and it's not going to work. So anytime from, the reason I'm able to go, no, that's a cult is because I, I'm very clear about what my ethics and values are. And then I go, that's not aligning with my ethics or values. So it's very easy just to go, no. Right. Right. And, and that's. Supporting to how you were raised. Yeah. So not everyone's raised that way. Yeah. No. Unfortunately. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, honestly, Betsy, I know <laughs> KT's given us the single signal over there. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. So we're going to have to continue this some other time with some yeah, more wine. Yeah, we did. I hope that I just didn't ramble on. And- no. I mean, I, is there anything we didn't cover that you wanted to kind of no, say? No. I think people should just remember that uh, everything is going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I agree That's with that. Yeah. Oh, no, right I, I hear you. I hear you. Everything's yeah. going to be listen okay. listen to your gut. Yeah. 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 Like for the people that are listening to the show that might feel like, am I in a cult? If you have to ask yourself, am I in a cult? The answer is yes, by the way. Just <laughs> just for safety, the answer to that question. Yeah. If you're wondering, yes. Um, <laughs> and, and if you have a story that you've, you know, you've been in a cult, feel free to come talk to us. We'd love to have you on the show. Yeah. And, and on and, that note, great, great segue to our Instagram and TikTok. Please continue to send in your stories. They're amazing. And what we're going to start doing now, what I'm so excited about is we, we've we got merch. We're going to give it away. Yeah. So for great stories and people that are willing just to be vulnerable or great comments, 
give us a holler, and then we're going to pick people to send merch to. We've got mugs. That's we've right. We've got shirts. We have hats being made. Do I get to keep this mug? That is yours, Betsy. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah, so um, we we They're believe good. here. I, ho- to I, hope, I hope these signs aren't some of the archetypes that we're supposed to be avoiding, right? The what? You oh know, no. Some of I the, think yeah. that. Well, no, I don't remember. But this is something really interesting. The hashtag. The hashtag. You know, nerd. People need to nerd out a little more. Yeah. And not in the like crazy QAnon kind of way, <laughs> but like like don't like nobody like don't be a Google like university student. But it is fascinating when you start to really. I think just look be, under the covers a little bit. Yeah, and a just, little bit. Become yeah. aware. Yeah. Well, I think ours is safe. I think <laughs> I think this is yeah. safe for our merch. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's let's close out with the scripture. Did I call it a scripture? You totally just yeah. called it a scripture. Yeah. Should we bleep that out or keep it? No, yeah. you should keep it. We need to keep I, that. I just want to say you've been doing that the whole day. Did yeah. I say scripture? <gasps> Programming. Trigger. Trigger wow. alert. Programming. There we go. Well, there you go. Subconscious it's programming. Yeah. Let's Not, keep it in. We're yeah. keeping it in. Yeah. I, I, it, you know what? There's, here's the hey, thing. Listen, we're all Let's a work just in reframe that word for you instead okay. of you freaking out about saying yeah. it, right? Quote? So, scripture, this is your scripture, baby. Right? Right? It doesn't have to mean anything yeah. else. Yeah. It doesn't and, belong to anyone and, else. No, no that's the thing. See, this is a great cult deprogramming trick okay because people will go i can never do this again i can never say i can never wear orange again i can never right so then we get into this whole box because we're right. freaked out and you go oh, i said the word god oh my you know right? right so just reframe that word and just take it and make it your own now this is your scripture this is my baby. scripture yeah. of the day nice yeah. the shell scripture here we go oh my gosh i'm i'm so loving this okay <laughs> Those who do not have power over the story that dominates their lives, the power to retell it, rethink it, deconstruct it, joke about it, and change it as times change, truly are powerless because they cannot think new thoughts. How perfect is that for what we just talked about? Right? And we just reframing. We yeah. reframed it. Yep, exactly. Oh, gosh. Boom. Okay. Living in action. You just lived in action what people can do to, like... Rework their, pro- right. their yeah. peptides in their no, programming. It, right. you, just, you just rewired your brain, baby. The wine might have helped. It Look, is Wine Friday. It's, mm-hmm. That's why Rob the Head, everyone gets drunk, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, as always, please guard your hearts and your minds. No one else should have control of these except you. We'll see you next time. Hey, it's Shell again. If you like our show, don't forget to tell your friends and hit that subscribe button.